Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Path to the Pros, a podcast series where we sit down with some of the most talented and successful execs in sports entertainment, learning about their journey so far, the path to success and hot industry topics as well. Today, I'm sat with Catherine Dobbs, the Chief Marketing Officer of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Catherine, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, kicking off with a question I always like to start these conversations with. Um, how did you first get into sports and kind of talk to us about your your pathway into the industry? Well, I was not one of those people that thought someday I really wanted to work in sports. So I can start there. <laughs> okay. um, I kind of found my way to it and I'm very thankful every day I, I have. But, um, you know, I went to college, took business, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, took marketing, enjoyed that, um, worked for an agricultural company doing marketing, worked for a manufacturing company, uh, was kind of finding my way. And then uh, I, someone actually came to me and said, have you ever thought of working for a nonprofit? And at that point, I knew very little about that world or hadn't thought about it at all. But um, they sent me the direction of the YMCA. I'm from a town of 200 in northern Ontario, Canada. So we didn't have a grocery store, never mind a YMCA. So I didn't know much about it besides the song. But um, I went, I interviewed, fell in love with the mission of the why um, and really the work. So my journey took me along a marketing path, but then eventually became chief development officer and did fundraising and every day asked people for, for money to help children and families. And I absolutely loved that. Yeah. Um, so my, my journey with the why, though, um, started here in Ohio. And it happened to be that I moved here the inaugural season of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And as a Canadian, um, <laughs> a typical Canadian who loves our hockey, when I moved here and the team came, I thought, well, I'm going to be a Blue Jackets fan. So yeah. in 2000, I jumped on that bandwagon, loved everything about this market and what they were doing to, to bring the game to Columbus and grow the game. And and along that journey, I, I learned having worked in nonprofits and following my favorite hockey team that you could in fact marry those passions together. So when I learned that the Blue Jackets had a foundation, I thought, wow, I mean, that really for yeah, me nice. was like, like the ultimate thing. Um, at the time I was not qualified in any way, shape or form to ever do that job. But my my journey ended up taking me all around the US with the Y. And I followed the Blue Jackets wherever I moved, Virginia, New York. And actually found my way back to Ohio in 2014 to work for the YMCA here. And when I came to town, they were calling for proposals for All-Star. Columbus was about to hold, uh, host All-Star. They were looking for projects. And I thought, well, this is my moment. This is my moment to go in and, and marry my favorite passions. And so I was my first week on the job here. And I called up the head of the foundation. I said, look, you don't know me, but you know we really need to talk. And she said, okay, when? I said, how about now? She's like, now? I literally got up from my desk, the downtown Y, and I walked a couple blocks to the arena. And I went in that day and I gave really what was like a 10-year dream for me. Yeah. Right. I'm like, the, you know, the YMCA, no one does youth development better. You need to grow hockey. I can help you do it. Um, walked out the door of the arena that day. And, and the gal that was with me, I looked at her and I said, I think I lived my dream today. Nice. It just, it was, it was my moment. And although we didn't get the all-star project, we did start a program with the team called Skills and Drills to introduce kids to the game of hockey. Um, that was April. In June, we started another program for, uh, um, in child care centers, a reading program called Time Out to Read. 
And so I was humming, working with my favorite hockey team, you know, doing my favorite work. Living the dream. Yes, living the dream. And then in July, um, the executive director of the Blue Jackets Foundation left. And I got a call from the board chair and she said, I don't suppose that you would have an interest in having a conversation. And I was literally speechless that day because I thought, wow, for 10 years, I thought this would be the, the coolest job ever. And so really, that was my intro. And to this day, I'm the only executive at the Blue Jackets that didn't come through sports. I think I, I was fortunate because I was uniquely qualified. They needed someone to run a foundation. And not only did I have the background and skills, but I had the love and passion for the sport, but particularly yeah. the team. And so my my journey was such that, I, I mean, I came in, loved, absolutely, again, that was my dream job. Loved everything but working for the foundation, did that for a few years. And then the president came to me one day and said, you know, what do you think about becoming our next chief marketing officer? And I was like, what? I'm like, let me get this straight. You want me to be responsible for marketing a product we can't control (laughs) because I've done a lot of things, right? I've done, I've worked in all these industries, done all these things. And so that really took me into you know, the business of sports on a whole new level. Um, I've been doing that for about four and a half years. Uh, So I talk to people a lot about, you know, a lot of people have a more traditional journey. You know, you thought you wanted to be in sports. Um, You work your way up and through. I kind of came in a side door. uh, And I talk to people about that a lot because there is more than one way to skin a cat. And sometimes there are unique skill sets or unique relationships you can build outside of the organization when you're trying to break through. Um, So I feel very, very, very fortunate. So I say I was a a fan first. People ask me all the time, like, who's your team? I'm like, nope, really? (laughs) A1 Blue Jackets fan. So I'm in it with the fan base every day. I feel it as much as they do. I bet you need to. You need to with the job that you have. Um, it's so pleasing to hear, honestly, the amount of people that I speak to that I think when you're younger, you, you know, a lot of athletes and, and people that, that participate in sports have this dream of, you know, playing for the team or the club that they supported as a kid. Right. And you don't really think about the kind of other angle of matching that personal interest and passion in, in what you did with the YMCA with the team that you, you, you know, supported and, and rooted for, um, to then almost kind of merge the two in, into one. You know, it really is, it's re- very rare that you hear something like that actually happen and um, very interesting and quite unique, I guess, just given your background and that transition. It was actually one of the things I was going to ask around, um, you know, you, you haven't, to your point, you haven't had that traditional entry into sports where, you know, you come out of college, maybe you work collegiate side or uh, property side and then you kind of work your way up and move around where where needed. It's obviously possible and and you're kind of living proof of it to, to have a career in a completely different organization and then transition into sports but at the same time from everything that you're saying there it sounded like it was you know a conscious thing it was proactive thing that you kind of went out and done I speak to a lot of people that get those opportunities almost a bit of luck but you kind of create your own luck right and um, you have to put yourself in a position to be lucky um but for anyone, uh, I guess that's out there who's, you know, not got the traditional sports background, but is interested and, you know, is looking to kind of make that move. Is there anything, any kind of advice that you'd give them as to what they should be doing or thinking about that may create some of those opportunities for them? Well, you know, one of the things I talk to folks a lot about is, um, you know, if you're a fan of the sport, you're probably going to the games and you're, you know, you're watching and you're seeing. And if, if you come to Nationwide Arena and you look around and you look at all of the partners right? All of the branding throughout the arena and see all the different organizations that we're working with. 
right? So that's on the partnership side, or, you know, I mean, the, the, the foundation um, is giving out a million dollars a year, right? To support organizations and has partnerships and programs with all of them. We're in the schools. So when you look at all the different folks that we have relationships with and understand just how many people we're connecting with, while there is the traditional, hey, look at teamwork online or, yeah. you know, work with a recruiter or f- find these opportunities, there is that piece. But there's the everyday building relationships. There is someone at that company whose whose job and responsibility it is to work with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Right. And each one of those companies and each one of those nonprofits, they all have. Uh, someone, uh, you know, working that relationship and working that strategy. And so what are those opportunities and who, who do you know? And what industry are you in? Um, yeah. Because if you look around, you can see the full scope of, of the partnerships alone. So I think, you know, that's certainly a way I always try and encourage people, like, just just take a step back. You might be surprised. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that's when that that's when things come up, right? Yeah. Someone from yeah. XYZ. The organization is like, oh, you know what? This this person might be. So, I think that's the big one: is realizing just how many avenues there are to the relationships outside of what you typically think from a job search yeah. Uh, perspective. Yeah, um, because the scope is really quite incredible when you look at uh, the reach of a professional sports team. I think it's a long term game as well, isn't it? Um, you know, you can't just expect to have zero experience in sports and the next job that you get is just going to be the perfect role for you with the right environment the right team with the right um organization and i think you know to your point building those longer term relationships staying in touch with those people making them aware of the fact that you know you consider an option where you are um so yeah interesting good to know um 2009 you joined the blue jackets so come on to 14 years i guess now or started working Uh, them anyway 15 I joined 2015 eight 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 years yeah so I was with the wire prior to that yeah eight years in I guess we'll take into account the from that 2009 period to now what what have been some of your biggest achievements over that time frame uh well early on I think you know the 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 very rewarding side of working in philanthropy and community development is knowing um you know I would tell people at that time my job was to take the professional or the resources of a professional sports team, uh, those resources that are unique, right? And take them and do the very most good you can for a community while supporting the business model. Um, So so that in itself for me to be able to grow, um, I started with a team of three, grew the department to eight. I think I brought relevancy to community development as a strategy. You know, sometimes it can be viewed as the nice thing an organization or a sports team does. Um, but in fact, it's a great business case. And when you leverage the business case, well, everyone wins. So I think the growth for me in the time and arguably probably why I sit in the seat that I do today um, is because of that. The opportunity to introduce um, philanthropy to athletes. So the probably the the most exciting project I worked on with the foundation was working with our captain at the time, Nick Felino. And his wife Janelle, they wanted to do something. And in fact, when they started, they they really didn't want it to be public, right? They were doing it for the right reasons. And yeah. um, I spent some time actually convincing them why sharing it publicly was just as important as the gift itself and leveraging it. So we actually um, worked together. We set up uh, dinners with doctors, learned about research. They had a specific interest given a health condition that their daughter had. And um, at the end of that journey. 
Uh, I, I felt like they got the appropriate experience that you should if you're going to invest. Ultimately, it was a gift of a million dollars, a half million dollars to Nationwide Children's Hospital here in Columbus, and then half a million dollars uh, to the Children's Hospital in Boston, where she'd been treated. And what I wanted so much was that uh, our captain, who would lead in the locker room, would be able to also lead in this area of giving back and, and understanding you know, what you should get back as a donor in that level. And, you know, um, that's that's a huge commitment and a partnership that you make when you make that investment. And so that was a very, very exciting, very rewarding project. Um, when I moved into the role of CMO, I, I said I'm a day one Blue Jackets fan. And so, you know, for me, uh, growing up in my journey, Rick Nash playing here in Columbus, I have a Team Canada jersey, there's one signature on it. And it is Rick Nash from a fan fest that I went to and stood in line in the early years. And so, you know, here I am now having the pleasure of working in the office with with Rick. But even greater than that was um, having the opportunity to plan uh, retiring his number. Wow. So uh, as a as a fan of the sport and, you know, to be part of that and it was you know, something that my brother and I did together to this day, it's something that bonds my brother and I together. And then to to find yourself in that place one day where it's like, wow, I mean, it's humbling, humbling. Big time. Um, but then also, I think it makes makes you good at your job because you feel the importance yeah. of you know, what he's meant, his journey's meant, his contribution to the sport and certainly the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I would say there's probably nothing that's been more rewarding <laughs> than being able to plan that ceremony. Nice. Well, kudos. You've obviously done, I mean, a tremendous job at just kind of merging the, that kind of passion and, and the interest that you've got in, in the club and the um, and obviously the the philanthropy side of it as well is is huge. Um, and then to, to, you know, to my earlier point, making a, a dream come true, I guess. You know, I think of myself and the kind of idols that I grew up, um, you know, watching, playing sports and to your point, signatures on, on jerseys and everything like that, you know, to be able to have that impact is something that you know most people will only ever dream of so so fair play and and you know congratulations on on the achievements there um i guess there's, there's one one topic that i wanted to talk about today catherine that um you know is, is becoming i guess more of a, a an important factor when taking into account for for a lot of people that are considering making a move and um you know that's work-life balance um we all know just how hectic the, the schedule can be when you're in sports uh, if you're property side, um, you've got the fixtures during the respective seasons. Agency side, I mean, the people that I know on agency side, I don't think they ever really seem to have much sleep, let alone rest, um, regardless of the time of year as well. Um, but I think in today's world, it's, it's super important to try to, you know, have a conscious effort of maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Um, and knowing you personally, I know that, you know, this is something that you've kind of had to take into account in your personal life. Um, just talk to us about, you know, I guess that topic, I guess, in your opinion, and, and what you do to really ensure a healthy um, balance uh, across those two areas. Yeah, I think, you know, to answer that question, I have to start with the fact that I am a single mom. And so when I joined the Blue Jackets, um, you know, my daughter was six, seven at the time. And, you know, at that point, um, in order to take on this role and 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 be present at home games. Um, I had before care, after care, and three babysitters the first two seasons. At all times, I was just, where? where's my child? Where is she supposed to be? Who's supposed to pick her up? 
Um, and so that was my experience the first couple of seasons, but this was obviously important to me, right? Yeah. I was trying, trying to figure this all out. And um, we started this conversation uh, when I, when I started with the jackets and we have it still today, I would say to my daughter, like, Hey, if you ever feel like I'm not present, you know, if you're like, mom, like, I know you're busy, but like, Hey, it's time. We need time. You know, I want you to put up your hand. I want you to say something to me. And I will tell you every season, inevitably, a couple of times she was like, Hey mom, you think maybe you should miss a game tonight or, you know, we should take some time. And so I think, you know, one piece is just trying to go in and figure out how do you right. Be the parent, be a, in this case, a single parent do it. Um, I think you have to love what you do. I would mm-hmm. not do this. I would not do this if I didn't love not only the sport, but the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, yeah. clearly my my passion for the team is much more personal than just the sport itself. Um, so going into season three and four, I actually uh, got no pair. Um, and that really was sort of life-changing for me to be able to manage, manage the schedule. Um, also a great experience for my daughter to, to have, um, you know, people caring for her from all around the world. But so I think there's that piece itself and just functioning, never mind balance, because that's not even balance, right? That's yeah, just yeah. how do you do it and how do yeah. you find your way? Um, and I was a couple years in, actually, when the president came to me and had a conversation. He said, I know, I know you're balancing all this. And uh, he said, I just want you to know if you ever feel like you can't do it, talk to me. Yeah. Um, and that's a conversation I'll never forget. Right. Because there's a lot of organizations and I've certainly worked for a lot of um, companies where you want to say the right thing and do the right thing to care about family and all that. But at the end of the day, job's got to get done. Um, and nobody's ever perfect at that. And you can you can certainly accept that. But I know I work for an organization that is trying and that's that's pretty incredible. So that's helped frame for me. Yeah, I think um, while I try to manage that said, there is no balance. You know, you take time when you can take time. Um, I go away every year for American Thanksgiving. You know, when I started, people were like, well, it's in the middle of the season. I'm like, I know, but the season got started. We dropped the puck, you know, (laughs) we're going, daughter's got, you know, a few extra days off school and, you know, this is when we're going to go and we're going to do this. Um, I try to do that over the holidays. And so, you know, at some point it just becomes this intentional piece. And then, you know, when there's time you have to take it, uh, and, and you can't feel bad about that. We are 24 seven. Right. We're yeah. lucky we go weeks without really a day off when you're talking about weekend games and other things. So I don't think there is such thing as the balance as much as, you know, communicating up right yeah. from a management perspective and communicating down Yeah, because we know the turnover. Um, you know, I'm fortunate now to work with some amazing women and the number of women I'm working with is growing every day. But I'll tell you, there's not a lot of uh, working moms. Yeah. You know, there's, it's a small group. Now that small group that I work with, you know, we try to get together sometimes and have that conversation and, and support each other. And, and I think that's the piece, right? You, it doesn't happen by accident. You don't manage through and you have to be real about it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um. So, but, but certainly for me, you know, to be able to look at people and say, if you want to do this and it's interesting, right? Cause I came to work for the blue jackets, right? I came to work for the blue jackets. But I work with a lot of young people. They want to work in sports. They're on that journey and finding their way. And maybe they have a passion for a different sport. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, God bless people that work in baseball. You are my yeah. hero. <laughs> I do that. And then it's weather dependent. Another breed. I yeah. handle that, right? Yeah. Um, so there's all those, I th- think those pieces are important. But I think you do have to, 
Um, it, it has to be something that is deliberate, intentional, talked about, supported, uh, reinforced in culture of an organization. Yeah. Because there's no question the demand is incredible. But the return we get to be part of something, which is why anyone wants to be a part of sports and be the fan, but we get to be in it. You know, that's that's the return. And so long as that's worth it, you figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I think the the kind of clear thing that really stood out to me in all of that, Catherine, was was communication. I think, you know, to your point, communicating upwards internally at work, communicating downwards to your team, but also, you know, communicating externally, communicating to family, communicating to loved ones, ensuring that there is an open line of communication and people have the ability to be able to approach if they do feel as though maybe you know hey mom you're you're spending a bit too much time at work lately can we go and do this right having that ability or having that knowledge I should say uh, in your daughter to be able to approach you with that I think is one thing Um, but without that communication piece I think it makes it all very difficult to be able to maintain especially you know when we talk about uh, what during the seasons uh, taking place and the hectic schedules that come with it um, you know super super important um, are there any uh, effective strategies or, or techniques that um, you know you take personally when it comes to you know managing time, trying to reduce stress, you know, in the pursuit of trying to maintain a healthy work-life balance? Any anything that you know maybe just worked really well for you that others may be able to benefit from? Well, I, I will tell you, and if my daughter was here right now, she would tell you the number one thing I always preach is sleep. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe in sleep. I believe in the importance of sleep, uh, prioritizing that. Uh, so and that's just not always a reality. I don't sleep well after games. Right. Mm-hmm. I come home and I really I'm trying to bring myself down after a game. Yeah. And, um, so so that's easier said than done. Um, more recently and actually this season, I've been I've been trying to regularly book myself a massage. Okay. And they alternate every couple of weeks. Yeah. It has to be yeah. on the calendar. But that's what I mean about being intentional. Yeah. To look at it and say, because, you know, if, if I don't get ahead and book, it's never going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's life. We're all not looking for things to do. So um, so for me, it's it's things like that. And then I love to travel. That is, you know, I work hard so I can go and see the world. Um, yeah. So, you know, I took my daughter to Italy and Greece last summer over spring break. We did the Canary Islands and Spain. Very nice. um, that requires some planning too, but it also means that I've got something on the calendar to look forward to. And when I leave, I leave, you know, the yeah. blue jackets are going to be fine. <laughs> I'll see you in a, a week or two. They're going to be great. Um, I know that. And so I think, again, for me, it, it is those pieces of, of um, deliberate, intentional steps, but I have to make sure I do it. Because if I don't yeah. have the next vacation plan, I'm going fishing the end of July in Canada. It's one of my favorite things. And by the way, no cell service there. <laughs> A blessing in disguise. Yeah. Oh, clean air. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, in today's world. So yeah, for me, it's 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 those pieces, I think. And so if I look at my my phone and see my calendar for the weekend I'm like oh I've got a massage on <laughs> hey, that was really smart yeah but it's intentional isn't it you know like you say it's, it's something that you have to be proactive in doing it's not just going to happen naturally as much as I you know have faith in all of the amazing executives and the people that I know in the industry it's it's a rarity these days that someone will come to you and say and you hear it sometimes but it's a rarity that someone will come to you and say hey look you've been working way too hard lately go and have some time off um but when it does happen, it's, it's kind of nice to hear, but you kind of need, it's a, almost a bit of a reality check as well that 
you do need to maintain that because you know you want to avoid burnout in this industry that's something that everyone wants to avoid and the only way that you're going to avoid that is by being intentional and by being proactive in, in how you go about doing that um yeah and i think as leaders too you know i would just say i think that's one of the most important roles that we play yeah uh, you know number one i'm showing my executive team yeah. yep i'm headed out and guess what you should too and and it'll be fine but not only that um, one of the things I found more recently in talking about this subject in particular is I want you to socialize to the group that you're taking time off. Yes, it helps for planning. You're going to be out of the office or unavailable or what have you. And people tend to think that, you know, but I'm reachable. Okay, well, that that should only be if necessary. And so just having a culture where it's a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing when we tell staff actually, I'm taking a couple of days off or I'm, yeah. I'm going on vacation. And in today's world, I don't think that's normal. It's almost like, oh, well, I'm going to be on vacation. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Instead of, you know, I am and, and when are you going? And so I think, you know, as leaders, it is, is a critical piece for, for nurturing and developing our teams to have the right culture because we know turnover and we know yeah. what turnover costs us. And, and again, so if we're not... <laughs> If we're not taking those steps to try to address this particular topic, um, I think we do a disservice. But you know, we get more out of ourselves and our employees. I love coming back from vacation. As a matter of fact, the executives are like, "Oh man, she's back. She's had a week. <laughs> she had a week to think and clear her mind." Right. The next thing you know, my yeah. whiteboard's home. You know, and you can sort of laugh about it. So it, it's a good thing, um, personally and professionally. I think you made a really good point earlier as well. That's just kind of worth worth noting for anyone anyone listening is. I don't think it is possible to achieve a perfect work-life balance. I think it's more about finding a, a sustainable harmony, let's call it. And, you know, something where you're happy with, 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 with life, you're happy with your personal situation, you're happy with work. You appreciate that sometimes it's going to be more heavily weighted towards the work side than it is the family side. But you also understand that, you know, to your point, it's something that you care about, something that you love, something that you're passionate about. So it is fulfilling some sort of, you know, need and desire for you internally. It's just making sure that's all communicated. It's making sure that, um, you know, as a leader within a business, you're playing your part and ensuring that that's then driven across the wider business as well um, to really ensure that everyone's, you know, singing off the same hymn sheet and everyone is uh, is working towards the same objectives as well. Yeah, very important. Perfect. Um, well, look, Catherine, been a pleasure having you on. Um, for anyone who's been listening and, you know, I guess interested in Catherine or the Blue Jackets, please feel free to reach out. She's one of the friendliest people that I've come across in the industry and had the pleasure of knowing. So I'm sure she'd be always happy to have a conversation. Um, if there are any opportunities that people are interested in, I'm sure um, Catherine can can help guard as well. So um, yeah, really appreciate your time, Catherine. Been a pleasure having you on and um, looking forward to, to staying in touch. You bet. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week for the next episode.